Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, Dr. Craig Smith, former presidential speechwriter and director of the Center for First Amendment Studies at CSULB, as we continue our 21st anniversary year. Closed captioning provided by Scan Health Plan. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We've got a great guest for our entire show, Dr. Craig Smith former presidential speechwriter for President Ford and director of the Center for First Amendment Studies here at CSULB. Craig, welcome back to our show. Good to be back. The current issue uh, of the Straight Talk magazine, our September-October issue, which is now out on the street, features a column by Dr. Smith on the subject of does the vice president matter? We'll talk about that a little bit later in the interview. Uh, I think without jumping the gun, the answer is yes, it does. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the conventions, which we many of us were watching. And then, very interestingly, we'll use our guest skills in analyzing the debate styles of the presidential and vice presidential candidates. So we start with the Republican convention. Craig, give us your take on it. Well, I thought the first day went very well. Ann Romney did what she needed to do. She was an excellent speech, speaker. Uh, she identified with her audience, particularly with women, who the Republicans need. Uh, and then she warmed up our feelings about Mitt Romney, talking about him personally, the man she loved, the man she met at the high school dance. And Romney, uh, one of his problems is he seems a bit standoffish. He, he looks a great-looking guy like Superman, but not warm and fuzzy. That's right. He is uh, distant. And her job was to say, you know, he doesn't brag about the things he does and all the good things he does for people. He just doesn't think that's appropriate. That isn't the way he was raised. So I'm going to tell you about them. And then they had other people who came on and talked about it. So her theme was love, and she was the good cop. And then she was followed by Chris Christie, who gave the keynote address, and his theme was truth, and he was the bad cop. He really beat up on the Democrats and on Barack Obama uh, and had, had some pretty good lines in there. Uh, you know, we love the teachers, not their unions, which was uh, puts the Republicans right where they like to be. So uh, I, I thought that was a pretty dynamic speech, too. Some had criticized him for being too much about himself and his he, record. I, I, I think that's a little unfair because Ann, Rom, Ann Romney had gone on so long about her husband that I think he needed to establish his own credibility, then transfer it to Mitt Romney. And I thought he did that rather effectively. And Chris Christie was being urged to run in the presidential primaries. He declined for whatever reason, but uh, uh, he, is, he remains a uh, viable candidate at the national level, does he not? Oh, I think so. And, and uh, you know, if, if Mitt Romney does not win this election, that's one of the first names that's going to emerge 
as a presidential candidate in the Republican Party for next time around. He has a few extra pounds. Does yeah, that yeah. negatively impact a presidential candidate, in it, your view? It does in some cases. I mean, certainly Mike Huckabee felt that way and lost a lot of weight before he ran for president. And I think Chris Christie may want to think about that. Back well, in the 19th century, they tended to be yeah. more rotund. Yeah, well, if you look at <laughs> William McKinley, and, you know, they, they were called prosperous. Uh, it was a sign of your wealth and your prosperity That's if you were right. a little heavy set. Rubens, the painter in the 17th yeah. century. Voluptuous. Voluptuous, it? but that was a sign that you weren't starving. That's right. That's <laughs> and that right. was a sign of beauty back then. That's right. At least for the women. I don't know about the men. That's right. Yeah. And the kings, the French kings were all... Yeah. 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 Well, okay, so any other comments on the uh, well, uh, well, I think the Republican convention? Yeah, the second night was, was really interesting because you have another person that may emerge as a presidential candidate, and that was Condoleezza Rice. Uh, I thought she gave a terrific speech. She's very articulate. She's now in the poli-sci department at Stanford. The speech went extremely well, particularly when she talked about herself. There was a particularly moving uh, passage in the speech. She says, a little girl grows up in Jim Crow, Birmingham, the segregated city of the South where her parents can't take her to a movie theater or a restaurant, but they have her absolutely convinced that even if she can't have a hamburger at the Woolworths lunch counter, she could be president of the United States and she becomes Secretary of State. Great, almost poetic. Almost poetic, and I also think it sets her up to run for governor of California in two years. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think, you think she has political ambitions? I think she certainly does, and she should. I think she's a bright woman, and, and uh, she would be a refreshing choice. Or she could run for president in 2016 if Mitt Romney doesn't get it, or if he does get it, she could be Secretary of State again. Wow. So you heard it here first. And she plays classical piano. Yeah. Yeah, to boot. Absolutely. Okay, third night. Third night, um, we're getting, you know, the first night was canceled because of Hurricane Isaac. There was a lot of upstaging going on, poor Republicans. First they were upstaged by Isaac, and then we'll get to one other. But I thought that uh, Paul Ryan's speech was what he had to do uh, the night before. Uh, he, he laid out his position, which is a very conservative fiscal policy. He's articulate. He's young, one of the youngest people to be a vice and presidential And the policy wonk, very bright yeah, on top of wonk. this stuff. Very, very easily. He, he handles this material as easily as, as Bill Clinton does. So I, I think that was a successful speech. And then on the final night, uh, Marco Rubio uh, introduced Mitt Romney with a, with a wonderful speech, trying to appeal to Hispanic voter. Again, he seemed to me to be a kind of authentic speaker. I, I love the line where he talked about his father, and he said, he stood behind a bar in the back of the room all those years, so one day I could stand Stay behind a podium in the front him. of the yeah. room. It yeah, was wonderful. That, yeah. uh, and that, of course, then, then uh, led into one of the strangest moments in the history of conventions when uh, Clint Eastwood came out <laughs> with a chair and began to talk to the chair, imagining that the President of the United States was in that chair. He said some very inappropriate things. Um, I think uh, kind of desecrating the office of the president was not wise, particularly at a Republican convention. And that got a lot of attention. And then Mitt Romney comes out, so upstaged again. And of course, they had no control over Clint Eastwood, which is terrible. Uh, he ran overtime by almost uh, seven minutes, which backed Romney's speech up, which in turn made Romney try to speak faster than he should have. And, and, and uh, I think made a dent in, in, in the Romney acceptance speech. The, the first part of the Romney acceptance speech I thought was very impressive. He got personal. He did a nice turn when he said, look, if I'm asking for your vote, I ne you need to know who you're voting for, so let me talk about myself a bit. 
that was all very effective and very moving. And then he went on the attack. Uh, and some of the attacks on Barack Obama seemed mean-spirited and began to dissipate that good feeling that we had for Romney. Uh, and then he went through foreign policy like in 60 seconds and he was done. Uh, I thought the speech was upside down. I mean, I would have started with foreign policy and developed it. He's not known for foreign policy And position. his recent trip to Europe was not, uh, not a uh, an unbridled success. success. That's right. <laughs> and, and then go into domestic issues and attack the president if you want and end with your personal story. So you have an emotional tie with your audience. Yes. You know, Richard Nixon did that at the 68 convention and never looked back. I mean, it was a terrific acceptance speech by Nixon, and that was the formula he followed. The other thing that Nixon did in 68 that Romney didn't do was to acknowledge his opponents in the primaries. Nixon did a bow to Reagan. Ah. He did a bow to Rockefeller. He said, now we're, we're united and we're going forward. Not a Romney word. Romney never mentioned Michelle Bachman. Tim Pawlenty, any of those people. So I think he missed a big opportunity to pull everybody together sure. behind him. Sure. So uh, I, I was a little let down by, by the Romney acceptance speech. Okay, fascinating stuff, and we'll be back after these messages. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on, we're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life powered by Edison. I want to improve my career opportunities. I want to earn a higher salary at my job. I'd like to finish what I started. The new Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts degree completion program at Cal State Long Beach will help you achieve your educational goals while keeping your life in balance. Contact our customer service center at 1-800-963-2250 for more information or visit us on the web. Let CSULB help you finish what you started. In today's world, everything's connected. From the workplaces that support us, to the homes that welcome us, to the trees and wildlife habitats that remind us how important our environment is. When a bird lands on a branch, and in the midst of a busy day, we stop to watch. It makes us realize we're all in the same boat. The Port of Long Beach welcomes this world with open arms, an environmental policy that's second to none, and a commitment to shaping a vibrant community. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. As your business searches for smart ways to save, don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle. Continue a conversation with former presidential speechwriter Craig Smith. Craig, you were making the point during commercial break of the difference between a written speech and, and an oral delivery of a speech. And you use the word orality of it. Tell us that distinction. Well, you hear a speech and it's invisible. And so speakers have to insert 
uh, poetic lines and, and repetition so that the ideas stick. If you read an op-ed piece in the LA Times, for example, you can take your time as you read it. You can go back to the top. You can start over. You can't do that with a speech. It becomes invisible. I mean, look at uh, Julian Castro's keynote speech. He, he knew how to phrase things so they stick in your mind. He said, dream is universal, but America makes it reality. Investment in opportunity today to create prosperity tomorrow. Those are memorable lines because they rhyme, they have a nice balance to them. Another point he said, you can't be pro-business unless you're pro-education. So when you're doing something that's oral, you have to find a way to get it to sit in the mind of the listener. Franklin Roosevelt was very good at that. And sometimes you read something on paper and it, it's, uh, okay, but then you hear it delivered by the right speaker and it becomes powerful. Yes. Uh, and now you wrote for President uh, Ford and also for President Bush. Uh, senior. Senior. Uh, <laughs> you have to know your client, I guess, when yes. you write. You, you have to write as because you're imagining their speaking style when you're writing the words. Well, right, and you don't write into a speech a word that your candidate can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> that becomes one of the keys uh, to speech writing at a very fundamental level. But you, 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 you try to find out what venue works for the candidate. You try to find out what language they're comfortable with. We were able to pump up uh, Gerald Ford's style a little bit, make him a little more eloquent because he was comfortable with that. Uh, you know, he had a kind of high tenor delivery, which wasn't the best baritone like a Nixon, for example. So you, so you work with all of those things. Well, let's turn to the Democratic Convention. Give us your take. Well, I already talked about why I liked the keynote address by Julian Castro, but the person who hit the ball out of the one of the many home runs of the Democratic Convention was Michelle, Michelle. Obama. Uh, when she talked about herself being the mom-in-chief, uh, one of the smart things about that well-delivered speech, well-written speech, was she appealed to military voters, which the Democrats need. Uh, and the phrase, we'll always have your back, was a terrific moment. And uh, she seemed to be absolutely glowing up there, yeah. the, radiant. Oh, she was on. She, yeah. was, she, was, she was very uh, very much on, and, and they had, had written for her some very good lines, and, and she used rhythm and, and repetition in such a way as, as to really uh, you know, move the speech down the road. And I particularly like near the end where she had this if-then uh, kind of hypothetical where she said, if we can do all of this, surely we can do all of this. You know, if we can put a man on the moon, then we can do this. And that, that was very effective in her, in her speaking. And then, of course, night two, Bill Clinton uh, hit it out of the park. He did, and you know, he had a very interesting uh, romance with the teleprompter, uh, and he does this all the time. The speech would go along, and then he would go off on a riff, and they would stop the teleprompter, and they didn't know how long he was going to go <laughs> off on his riff, and then he would come back and go right back into the teleprompter, and he did this several times, and that's why he was somewhat overtime. Uh, but on it that makes it that, that personal connection. I mean, no one in America quite has his capacity to bond right. and deliver, and he seems to me, I mean, he's a very bright guy, Yale Law School and all, takes complicated stuff, simplifies it, yes. and then presents it in a folksy way where he was a answering with facts or yeah. alleged facts right. each of the Republican critiques of the Obama administration. Absolutely, and, and he says it so naturally and so fluently that he's just totally believable and has all this credibility. yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, we shift to night three. Night three 
was very interesting. Um, Joe Biden is nominated uh, to be the Vice President of the United States and comes forward. Uh, in the first part of the speech, he's yelling like crazy, uh, which, you know, was hard on your hearing. Uh, and then um, he, he set out his theme. He said, you know, I learned the enormity of Barack Obama's heart, and he learned the depth of my loyalty. And so the team thing was set out early, and then he went into an attack uh, on Mitt Romney, which is his job as the vice president to be the, you know, the bulldog that goes after the other person. But I, I found uh, the, the, the most objectionable part of the speech for me was when he started dancing on bin Laden's grave uh, and went into this whole revenge thing. I mean, he was just dripping with revenge. And I thought that that was beneath his office. I think that's beneath America to do that kind of thing. Claim you did a competent thing. You, you had justice carried out. Yes. But to go on and on in a vengeful way, I thought was weakened the ticket. And then, of course, uh, the peace they resist on. And then, and then Barack Obama came out. Uh, he talked about Biden being his uh, loyal Friend. Now, was there some issue of loyalty? They're both mentioning it. Was there, is there some backstory here? Uh, I, I, there have been a number of reports that they are actually quite close and that Biden advises him. And I think they just decided to put it out there and make it a plus, that people admire loyalty. It's, it's one of the virtues that we, we love truth and we love loyalty. Uh, and, and I, I think there had some talk about uh, ditching Absolutely. Biden from the ticket, Absolutely. and maybe that was to put that to rest. I think so. I think I think you're exactly right. There was a lot of talk about that, that if this was going to be a close race, Obama would dump Biden and put Hillary on the ticket or somebody yeah, else, yeah, and he yeah, didn't do it, okay. and it is a close race. Okay, in the last minute we have, uh, give us your take on the president. Well, he, he talked about moving America forward. Uh, he uh, said, you know, we're, we're making things again. He talked about made in America. He talked about all the different kinds of energy programs that he would advance. It was a workmanlike speech, but I didn't think it, it, it rose to the level of Clinton or his wife. Uh, in terms of uh, an out-of-the-park kind of speech. Tough acts to follow. Tough acts to follow. <laughs> he didn't do it in Denver either. So, I'm, you know, la four years ago he didn't give a very good acceptance speech or one yeah. that was as dramatic as some of his campaign rhetoric. Yeah. Okay. Well, in the last and uh, next segment, we're going to talk about uh, the debates, the presidential debates, which are ongoing when the show will be airing, and we'll get uh, our distinguished guest take on the likely outcome. Stay with us. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. Hello, I'm Jessica Hardy, a proud Long Beach native and a member of the USA Swimming national team. 
Having spent much of my life in water, I have developed a deep appreciation for the valuable role that this precious resource plays in our lives. In recent years, California's water supply has become unreliable. To address this reality, Long Beach residents have dramatically reduced their water use through permanent lifestyle changes. In doing so, Long Beach has made itself a leader in water conservation. As I work hard to achieve my personal goal of qualifying for the 2012 Summer Olympics, I encourage you to continue your tremendous efforts to use water in smart and responsible ways. So join me and your fellow Long Beach residents in strengthening the water conservation movement. By making small but significant changes in our water use habits, together we can ensure that we have a reliable water supply for many generations to come. We're back with debating expert Craig Smith. Let's talk about the uh, presidential debates and vice presidential debates, which in this close election will play a very important role, maybe even pivotal role. Surprising to me, you said, although Obama is a very good speaker, he's not the greatest debater. Uh, in my opinion, he lost every debate he had with Hillary Clinton in the primaries. Uh, he certainly won the debates he had with McCain, but that was McCain's part. I mean, Obama just leaned on the ropes and let McCain fall apart. So I don't uh, think of him as, as a great debater. Now, maybe after four years in the presidency, he'll be better than he was last time around. And Romney, who is not the greatest speaker in the world, you think is a pretty good debater. Well, he, he, he learned through the primary, and then he took on the debate coach from Liberty College, uh, who's a good friend of mine and, and, and has coached Republicans for a long time. And suddenly you saw Romney know how to throw a jab, know how to throw a counterpunch at a Rick Santorum or a Newt Gingrich. And when he did it, they were both kind of shocked. And it was very effective. He did it in a way that didn't hurt Romney's image. He didn't look mean-spirited, but boy, he pushed it back in their faces. So I think Obama faces a big challenge. And, and one point I'd make about the debates, at this point in, in, in October, late September, in 1980, Ronald Reagan was behind Jimmy Carter in the polls. It wasn't until he debated Jimmy Carter at the end of October that he went ahead in the polls and then won the election. So the debates are very important. Well, if a challenger like Romney can not only hold his own, but even best the sitting president in a debate or in debates, that would be big news. That would be very big news. And uh, the, the other thing you'll see in these uh, lead up to the debates, and we've already seen it, is the expectation game. Uh, you know, we don't think we're going to do that well, you know, and then they, they, they come out better. I mean, when I was working with President Ford, we had the first debate with Jimmy Carter, and everybody thought Jimmy Carter was going to kill President Ford, and Ford won that debate. And it so exceeded expectations that he jumped up to even in the polls. Vice presidential debates. Uh, mm -hmm. Joe Biden, who is a bright guy but has the problem of endless speaking and going off yeah. on tangents against Ryan, who is a policy wonk and very well-versed, how's that going to come out? I think the, that uh, Paul Ryan is probably the best debater out there. Uh, I think he knows how to make his points. He knows how to make them succinctly and sincerely. Uh, I think Joe Biden tends to go toward the emotional, toward the romantic side of things. Uh, you know, in, in He has a killer smile, though. He has a killer smile, but sometimes it looks like he flips a switch <laughs> you know, to, to, for that smile to pop onto his face. So I, I think that's going to be uh, a very interesting debate to watch. But when presidential candidates are healthy, the vice presidential debate doesn't matter much. 
Look at the Quayle debate. Quayle did not do well in his debate against Senator Benson. It did not affect the poll data at all. Bush went on and won despite Quayle's performance. So it's but the presidential debates that are key. They're key unless your candidate is old. Like McCain would have become the oldest elected president, and so we cared about Sarah Palin's performance. And in performance your column in, in our magazine, you mentioned that uh, that Palin's uh, less than stellar performance really hurt because people say, well, what happens if this guy dies? That's right. That's right. And I don't think anybody's going to be saying that uh, about Romney or Obama. So I think the vice presidential debate could have some fireworks, but I don't think they're going to matter very much. So unless there's a real screw up, it's kind of yeah. off the table. Well, let's, in the last minute or two that we have uh, in this segment, Craig, just talk about the importance of words. I mean, you're a speechwriter, uh, you're a prolific author here on campus. Uh, the importance of words. Well, what you want is, a, is, is something that somebody will remember. Uh, you know, when, when George H.W. Bush talked about a kinder, gentler nation, that stuck in the consciousness of the American public. When Franklin Roosevelt said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, it stuck in the American consciousness. Notice very simple words, n not big words, but the rhythm and the simplicity and that it captures an idea. Is, you know, is very important. And as a sp professional speechwriter such as yourself, it must be deeply satisfying to find those words for your, for your client, for your candidate, for your president. When it happens, it's wonderful. There, there is a good feeling that you've captured something in a metaphor or in a simile or in a rhythm uh, that really tells the truth and, and becomes part of the American lexicon. And somebody wrote, read my lips, no new taxes. Yes. <laughs> that was one of the other that writers. That kind of backfired. That, that was one of the other writers. Okay. But it certainly caught attention, and it was quoted over and over again, and even you remember it to this day. Okay. Okay, we'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream owning my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Bellflower, Long Beach. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember, Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the week? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah. 
But if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. i just like to reiterate the importance of voting. Make your voice heard. Don't forget to vote on Election Day, Tuesday, November 6th. Uh, teaching ethics, I have a little rule, Levine's Law. If you don't vote, you morally lose the right to complain. We all love to complain, so go ahead and vote. You know. Uh, hundreds of thousands of Americans have given their lives over the years to preserve the right to vote. Uh, some of our legal immigrants coming into the country appreciate more than we do the freedoms that we have and the right to vote because they didn't have it in the countries they came. And Craig, I know you would second the importance of voting. Especially, uh, I, I would also say watch the presidential debates and the vice presidential debates so that you're an informed voter. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, our democracy is not perfect, but it's sure better than most of the systems in the world. And become part of that process. Support the candidate of your choice with your time, maybe your money, certainly with your vote, and help make democracy work. Absolutely. Craig, thank you for joining us. Good to be here again. Thank you for being with us. Please join us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.